Welcome to Faith Foundations with Open the Word Podcast. I'm your host, Gwen McCaslin, for this discipleship series. We are opening the book of Philemon today. So if you are at home or sitting somewhere where you got your word, or you got the word and you can join me, go ahead and open up to the book of Philemon. Um, you know how we start. We always start with the who, what, when, where, and why. Um, Philemon was written by Paul. And it is actually a letter sent along with um, a slave back to his slave master, Philemon. Um, And this was a runaway slave, and his name was Onesimus. Um, And he had actually run away from Philemon at one point. Um, So, okay, so back to the where. The where of this book is um, Paul is sitting in prison in Rome. And the when of this is 60 to 62 AD. Um, And so just to give you kind of a reference, 1 Timothy uh, would have been written in 62 to 66 AD, somewhere in there. Um, And Paul would have been in Rome under house arrest at that time. So this is prior to that, and um, Paul is actually in prison in Rome at this time. Uh, And so the why of this book is to appeal to Philemon to forgive and receive Onesimus back um, and to not just receive him as a fellow slave or a runaway slave, but to receive him as a brother in Christ. Um, And so it's very much a book that talks, uh, presents forgiveness, but also addresses the slavery of the day and how believers should look at that. Um, and so it definitely is a fabulous book for those that have um, lots of concern about social justice issues and things of those nature. And you can really understand why this would have been a very popular book for um, people that were fighting slavery and to end slavery um, back in the day. So, all right, so let's proceed to our outline. Um, the outline for the book of Philemon's is uh, pretty typical of a letter. You have the salutations in, in um, uh, verses 1 through 3. And the interesting thing about Philemon is that it is an itty-bitty little book. It is just simply one chapter. And so anything three chapters or less are easy reads for like an afternoon or a quiet time. Um, and the book of Philemon would be an excellent quiet time to just sit and marinate in the book of Philemon. Um, and so I would highly suggest just carving out some time and sitting down with the book of Philemon and seeing what you can find within its pages. Um, but verses one through three is the greeting or the salutations. Um And then Philemon's love and faith is described and talked about in verses 4 through 7. Paul appeals to him in verses 8 through 22. And then 23 through 25, those verses cover his final greetings. The key verse for Philemon is uh, verses 17 through 19. And it says, So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Um, and so he's talking about the relationship that he had uh, with him. But, I mean, Paul right here in these verses, it's just a beautiful example of someone literally accepting any uh, debt that somebody else had and assuming it as their own, paying it in full. Um, And it's kind of a beautiful picture of what Christ does for us on the cross. 
Um, and so anyway, let's go ahead and we'll dive in a little bit to the book of Philemon. Um, I'm not sure how long this episode will be, but we'll just take our time uh, and we'll do our quiet time in the book of Philemon this morning. Um, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved brother and fellow worker, to uh, Aphia, our sister, and to Archippus, uh, a fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Um, Okay, so we can see a couple of things just by the very greetings of this. Um, One thing we can see is how Paul sees himself. He's right now, he is a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Um, Timothy uh, is with him at this point, our brother, and they're both greeting together as a unit. And then we have Philemon, um, and you would have seen Philemon in some other passages, uh, but here he's being described as our beloved brother and fellow worker. And so this would have been somebody that Paul would have done ministry beside, um, we're not quite sure what he Philemon would have done for a living. Um, but then we have another sister and a fellow soldier that are mentioned. Um, and then there's also this little thing about Philemon has a house church. Uh, the church in his town would have met in his home. Um, and so his home would have been uh, the rock of refuge, so to speak, where these believers would have met. Um, And that would have definitely drawn a lot of persecution his way uh, from the Jews and um, also from some of the Romans. Uh, Romans were very concerned about um, people congregating and, you know, uprisings, and they worked very hard to keep any uprisings from getting past a certain point. Um, And so... You know, you would have you would have drawn some attention if you frequently gathered people in your home. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and jump down to verse four. I thank my God always, making mention of you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all of the saints. Verse six says, "And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing." which is in you for the sake for Christ's sake for i have come to have much joy and comfort in your love because of the heart of the saints have been refreshed through you brother therefore though i have enough confidence in christ in to order you to do what is proper yet for love's sake i'd rather appeal to you since i am such a person as paul the aged <laughs> Listen to him. He's he's I'm I'm Paul the old here. Um but also a present a, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So, okay, couple observations of this little passage right here. Um one, the reputation of Philemon in his impact in the lives of the believers in his area uh has gotten back to Paul. And so, you know, he's been a comfort, he's refreshed the hearts of his brothers. Um, he's offered joy and comfort. Um, and so, you know, he, he's been a source of that for even Paul. And so, you know, you have this thing that, you know, therefore I, although I have enough confidence in Christ to order you to do this, I'm appealing, I'm choosing because of our love and affection and relationship to appeal to you to do what is right. Um, and so you can kind of just see that Paul knows he doesn't have to order here. He can just mention it, and he knows it'll be done. Um, And so verse 10, we get the plea. 
I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus. Now, I want you to understand that whenever Paul calls somebody his child, okay, that title is earned. Um, it's bestowed on a few uh, in Scripture, uh, Timothy being one of them, Titus is another one, um, and Onesimus is one that ends up with this title of child. Um, and for Paul, he would not have had any children of his own, um, but he would have spiritual children that he very much looked um, to as as a child. Um, and so he recognized that he was a mentor and a father figure, um, and he lived out that role, and I think he probably relished that role um, in a lot of ways. Whom I've begotten in my prison. So in other words, this relationship has happened in his imprisonment. Um, who formerly was useless to you. Now, there's a little bit of a play on words here because Onesimus's name actually means useful. Um, and another word for it is an ambassador. Um, and so he very much is, <laughs> Paul is very much using a play on words here, um, but now is useful both to you and to me. Uh, and so Paul is basically saying, listen, this young man is now living up to his name. Um, and so, okay, so verse 12 says, I have sent him back to you in person. That is sending my very heart. Now, I want you to understand a little bit here that back in the day with slavery, uh, I want to read a little bit about um, what Precepts Bible Study says. Uh, I have a Precepts Bible uh, by Harvest House Publishers, and um, they have a little written intro to every book, and I want to read this one. Uh, if you have it, it's on page 1971, right at the beginning of Philemon. It says, slavery was a fact of life in Paul's day, a fact that Paul could not change. But Paul could show slaves and masters how they were to behave towards one another as those redeemed by Jesus, the one who had become a bondservant on their very behalf. In his epistle, Paul shared these principles. Now, however, something else had come up. Paul had to appeal to Philemon, a believer from Colossae, about a very personal matter. One of Philemon's slaves had run away, and according to Roman law, he could be put to death by his master. So at about the same time Paul wrote the Colossians, he wrote to Philemon from his rented quarters, where as a prisoner of Rome, he also could be put to death. Uh, it was about 61 or 62 A.D., um, and so you can kind of see here that by sending Philemon home, I mean, or sorry, sending Onesimus back to Philemon, um, Philemon had every right under Roman law to put to put Onesimus to death. Um, and so, you know, this is this young man is carrying a letter that hopefully will stay his death, but his master is completely within his rights by Roman law to order his execution. So, I mean, Onis this would not have been lost on Onis Onesimus at all. Um, and so the fact that we have this, we know that Philemon received the letter from Paul and most likely did exactly what he was supposed to do in this scenario. All right, so we stopped at verse 12, so let's pick up at 13. Whom I wish to keep with me, so that on your behalf he might minister to me in my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I do not want to do anything, so that your goodness 
would not be in effect by compulsion, but by your own free will. And so I want you to understand, for Paul, being able to choose your own free will was incredibly important. Um, And he, out of respect, did not want to do anything without Philemon's consent because he's recognizing that in the world he lives in, Onesimus belongs to Philemon as a slave. Um, And so he's recognizing that. Uh, that was a reality of his day, and it was a reality that Paul couldn't change. So, okay, so without your consent, that was verse 14. Verse 15 says, For perhaps he was for this season separated from you for a while, that you would have him back for forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord? And so he's asking, literally, very boldly, for a change in station, a change in a classification for Onesimus. He is literally asking Philemon to accept him as a brother in the flesh, but also as a brother in Christ. Um, Verse 17 says, if you regard me a partner, accept him as you would me. So you can really see just how the far Paul is going Um to plead with Philemon to really almost deal with Onesimus like he would want to deal with Paul um, because Paul is that emotionally connected to Onesimus at this point. Um, But if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. And I think there's something beautiful in here. These were our key verses for um, this book. But, I mean, just let's think for a minute about what Christ does for us. He loves us so much that he literally dies in our place. He entered the human experience so that he could be uniquely qualified to stand in and pay the wages of sin, which is death and eternal separation from God. So he literally enters the human experience as our brother so that... He can lay down his life for us. There's something beautiful in that that so mirrors Paul's heart here um, for Onesimus to the point that Paul goes on and he literally says, listen, any sin held to his account, if he's wronged you in any way, if there is any debt that he owes, I will assume it myself, which isn't that exactly what Christ does for us. That to that extent, he advocates for us on high with God the Father, saying, hey, if there is anything on this person's account, I've paid for it. I just, I just, I don't know. I was just struck by that so much as I was reading through this. Um, Verse 19, I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. Now, I want you to understand that by this point, Paul was using somebody to act as his scribe. And he was transliterating or translating letter. You know, he would tell them what he wanted written. Um, And so, you know, a lot of that, and who knows what that's really about. But, you know, I mean, you got to think of what his poor body's been through at this point. Um, He's been uh, beaten, 
with rods and whips multiple times. He's been stoned a couple of times. He's been boiled in oil. He's been shipwrecked. He's His body has gone through tons of things at this point by the time he gets to that Roman prison. Um, and so, you know, who it, it, he goes through countless things in his lifetime. And so we know that he gets to the point where he's got to write really big in order to control a pen of some sort. Um, because there's a reference in, in scripture where he says, see how big I wrote, um, that he's making it obvious that it's him. And, and understand too, in the later epistles especially, um, we have some sense that the Jews have taken to writing letters in Paul's name and trying to pass them off as the real thing. And so the church is really having to make sure that something's from Paul um, because there's a lot of counterfeits that are trying to attack and weasel their way in. Um, and so understand that Paul saying, I'm writing this with my own hand, is a big deal. I will I will repay you, um, not to mention to you that you owe me, even your own very self as well. And so here he's talking about Paul's Paul's significance in in um, Philemon's life, and so he's he's even cashing in the "you owe me, brother" <laughs> on this one. So look at the lengths that Paul is going to advocate for Onesimus. Yes, brother, let me benefit from you in the Lord. Uh, refresh my heart in Christ, having confidence in your obedience. I write to you, since I know that you do not that you do even more than what I say. So in other words, what he's saying is, listen, I'm, I'm all confidence. I probably don't even need to write this, essentially, um, because I know you will do even more than what I'm asking for. At the same time, also prepare me lodging, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, greets you, as do Mark, um, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with you and with your spirit. Um, and the one thing I want to point out in verse 24 is Demas is still with them at this point. Um, and at some point, Paul is completely left alone. Um, and he, all of these people at some point, um, yeah, it, in, I think it's in 2 Timothy where he talks about how he's been literally left by all of them. Um, and I don't know if that includes Luke. I, I'm not sure. And I know that John Mark, um, he's the one who actually writes the Gospel of Mark. Um, and Luke goes on to write uh, the book of Luke and Acts uh, around this time. So I would say probably that they don't, but Demas definitely we have record of him betraying and literally walking away. Um, and so, you know, you got to understand Paul, the world that Paul was in and the, the pressure that they were under and the persecution that they faced. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, there were people that could only take so much and they walked at times. And so Paul was left abandoned at different times. Um, yeah. All right. And guess what? That brings us to the last verse of the book of Philemon, which is verse 25. And it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. 
So that is his exit, and there you have a complete letter. Now, what I would do if I were doing a quiet time, and I'll just throw this in at the end um, here of this episode, but I would go back and I would make lists. And so some of the things I might do in this passage, for example, is that I might look at all of the things that are said about Philemon's faith all the way through this passage. Um, I might write down everything that is said that he does, everything that he's known for, um, everything that Paul just knows about him. Uh, I might write down a smaller list of everything that Paul says about Onesimus um, and the extent that Paul goes to plead on the behalf of Onesimus. Um, another thing I might do here is I might look at some of the wording that's being used uh, around slavery or around even um, at the advocating that Paul is doing. Um, and I might see what else I can find in this. I might look up after I've done those kinds of things, I might look up in a commentary and see if there's any other takes or insights that I hadn't seen before. Now, here's the thing. When I do that, I'm also going to be sitting there going, huh, would I, could I see that thought in this passage? Because honestly, with some commentaries, I've had moments already where I'm like, yeah, I think that might be stretching the text just a little bit more than maybe I'm comfortable doing. And here, here's the thing, you know, you will find some that feel really good. And you know what, that's just straight up. That's what I saw. Hey, and then you've got another believer that's made observations through this passage. And you can kind of check and see how you're doing in interpreting um, interpretation and kind of see if you found something they didn't. Maybe go back and look at that and go, hmm, where did I get that? Is that what it said? Um, and double check even what you walked away with. Um, because it's, sometimes it's fun, the things that God will show you that are different from what maybe somebody else saw in it. Um, and so read a couple different kinds of commentaries and see what you can find. Um, Schofield is a great commentary. There's, um, there's a bunch of them. Anyway, if, um, I have a blue letter Bible app that gives me multiple commentaries that I can choose from, uh, just kind of in reference to the movie that just came out about Jesus revolution. Um, the main pastor in that is Chuck Smith and there's a bunch of others like Wearsby has a commentary. Chuck Smith has a commentary. There's, there's a lot of commentaries. Um, MacArthur has one. Um, anyway, you can look at a, a bunch of different views on different things. Um, it's kind of amazing to look at the names that you're familiar with and where they fall on certain things like uh, when the rapture happened or um, their view of eschatology and times or you know, their different view on some of the doctrines within the faith that people can fall in different places with. Um, and so it's kind of fun to see the influences that you've had on your faith and where they fall on different different things that um, have a variety of views within the body of Christ. Um, and take heart because 
you know, if you're new to this whole thing, understand that there are some things that are just straight up. Um, and so there's some things that as believers, we should all be agreeing with. Okay. And those, I call those level one. Um, those are the level one issues that are salvation issues. They're straight up gospel. They're straight up clearly stated and supported in scripture. Um, and they should unite us all. And basically those things would come under the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, um, some of those basic old school summaries of the Christian faith. Um, the view of God being triune, uh, the unity of the Godhead, three in one, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ his Son, um, the divinity and the humanity that existed in Christ Jesus um, during his time on earth, that he did not set aside one or the other. Um, a lot of the early church uh, councils where they got together and nailed down the, the theology that would unite um, actually established some of those key pieces for Christianity as a whole. Um, and so looking back at some of that history is a very good thing to do. Um, and that probably will be something we cover in the episodes where after uh, Old Testament and New Testament survey have been fully completed. So, um, and Old Testament is done, but New Testament, we are on the last several books. Uh, and so we will be going into basics of the faith that should be fairly consistent in Christian churches that believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he entered human humankind so that he was uniquely qualified to die in our place. And then he didn't stay dead, but he rose again on the third day. Um, and in doing so, he conquered sin and death uh, and set us free from Satan. And so that is the basics of the gospel. And those I call level one issues. Level two issues are significant ones, but ones that even within the church, we vary a little bit on some things. Um, and then level three, I may have a level three and four, <laughs> but level three is things that are a little bit more cloudy. Um, they're a little bit harder to nail down specifically in the word. Um, and so we get a bigger variety within the body of Christ over how they're viewed and where Christian churches sit. Um, and then we have, we'll do a level four yet. Level four are issues that we use Christian principles and biblical principles to decide where we stand. And so what that means is the Bible does not specifically address certain things. Um, and that, that can be, you know, things that different churches take different stands on. Um, and so, you know, understanding that within that, it's really helpful to go, okay, is this a level one issue that we should be agreeing on and we're not? Um, or is this like a level three or four where we can sit at the same table and love each other and it really doesn't matter, okay? Um, and so, you know, for example, baptism. You know, some churches would say baptism is a number four. Okay, I move it a little bit higher. I think that if you do a study of baptism in scripture, you understand the significance of the picture that is being represented. And so I think that one makes it up to at least a level two. It's not a salvation issue. Um, but I think if we're really studying the word, we should be fairly consistent on it. And I think if you look at history, you understand why churches are as varied on it as they are. Um, and I think there's significant reasons why. For example, if you were in England or in Rome, 
in certain periods of time, it would not have been safe to submerge a person in water <laughs> um, because a lot of those waterways were highly contaminated. Um, and so understanding that submersion would not have been a very good thing to do. And so you can understand why we do holy water and why we sprinkled people and things like that and where that come from. But I think it's important for us today to understand why we ended up with those kinds of things and where those kinds of things come from um, on some of that stuff. So does that, I don't hope that makes sense. Anyway, um, and so this has kind of led to an interesting discussion of where we're going to be in the next couple uh, months. Uh, so in any case, I'm going to leave you with Philemon today. Hopefully you will spend some time in the book of Philemon. Um, and hopefully if you have some topics that you'd like to hear me talk about, um, I'm hoping to, hoping to do a very open survey of scripture on certain topics, uh, especially the ones that we have a lot of variety in in the body of Christ. Um, I hope you will send me an email. Um, we have several emails that you can choose from. Uh, for Faith Foundations, we do have our own email. Uh, it's faithfoundationsdiscipleship at gmail.com. You're welcome to send me an email there. Um, and it's just truly all lowercase, no spaces, and make sure you put the S at the end of foundations. Uh, and then if you want, you can send to open the word podcast at gmail.com. I will get those as well. So any emails that come in can go through there. You're welcome to stop in at any one of the Facebook um, sites that we do have for open the word or for faith foundations and drop us a comment or a message through there as well. Um, hopefully you guys have been hearing about the retreats and it, it, hopefully I'll see you guys at one of them. I love it when I find a listener. Um, I ran into one the other day at unfortunately a funeral, but it was really fun to kind of meet somebody who's listening in and following along. Um, it's such a blessing to know that, um, God's given me a platform to kind of share some of what he's poured into me for so long through various means and people and places. Um, and so it's a joy and a pleasure to be able to speak into the lives of you guys. Anyway, that's all I got for today and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse, to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.